It's time for some fresh air. Apostolic Integrity Radio. I'm so excited for another episode of Apostolic Integrity Radio. Technically, this is episode one of Apostolic Integrity Radio. We are about to get some fresh air. Today, we are with our sister, Jakia Newton. Say hi. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Yeah. um, Jakia is a sister in the Lord. Um, I have known her for a couple of years now, and she is a great worker in the ministry. And um, before we go any further and speaking on the topic we're going to be speaking about today, I definitely want us to pray. So uh, let's go into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your great mercy. God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your faithfulness in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to converse over your word in the name of Jesus. And we pray, God, that the spirit of truth would just be here revealing all truth to us all in the name of Jesus Christ, helping us to understand this holy word in the name of Jesus and your intentions for your church through this word, God, we understand that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you do not change, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we are asking and we are calling forth integrity upon your people. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help us to be integral to your word, to this doctrine in the name of Jesus Christ, and to your character, the way you want us to think and act and behave and feel and treat each other in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we are calling for integrity all around. And Lord, we pray that the conversations that are had through this podcast in the name of Jesus would would be the facilitator of that integrity by your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, that we would all come to a greater understanding of what your will is for your people and then apply and implement that um, in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. We ask God that you speak through us in the name of Jesus, that every thought that comes into our mind comes from your mind in the name of Jesus Christ, that every word out of our mouth is ordered by your spirit in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Let it be meet for every person who is listening in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you, God. And we say, speak Lord, because your servants are listening. It's in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, yes, glory to the name of the Lord. I'm so excited for this, this, this podcast. I'm excited for it. And um, I'm excited because of um, the Lord calling it into this realm in this particular season in time. I'm thankful to God for that. And I know that it has a purpose, like a real purpose, and it's going mm. to really affect those who are listening to it. So I'm grateful for that because one thing is we um, always get the preach word and that's good. And we always get the taught word and that's great, right? But we also need to be able to have these conversations with each other because we also learn through conversations. We learn through our experiences. And um, it reminds me of when Apollos was teaching one thing and Priscilla and Aquila came and they sat down with him and they had a conversation with him and taught him a more perfect way. You know, and um, sometimes it's not going to be the sermon that ignites a person's intellectual understanding and desire to apply something. And sometimes it may not be the teaching, but every once in a while, and I just want to ask you, Jakia, have you ever had 
um, a conversation that made you want to change, <laughs> that made, that helped you to understand some things? I have had many conversations that I am one of those people who actually learn through conversations as well. It's not just the sermon where I'm just like, oh, well, that makes sense. It's actually through conversation where I get most of my understanding. It's because that's where I can ask my questions. That's where I'm just like, like you said, the dialogue. I'm like, okay, I actually can digest that now. It's not just me sitting here. Okay, well, oh yeah, I can go back and read that in my word and, you know, try to do some research. But it's actually sometimes through just that dialogue, um, me and my husband, we, we do it all the time. We have dialogue and I'm like, oh. I'm getting it. Okay. It's starting to actually <laughs> um, become alive. Like that little seed is starting to sprout and grow. Um, and that's, I value it so much. And I value like this podcast. I'm so grateful because like you said, it's going to actually help so many people that have questions. Yeah. Amen. And sometimes conversations are also easier to listen to um, and easier to digest. Sometimes, especially the way I teach, it can be difficult to absorb it, <laughs> okay? Um, but if we can just have a conversation and bring this to um, our brothers and sisters in Christ and present it to them in a practical way, um, then it may be easier to digest and easier to understand the concept of holiness and integrity to the word of God. It's not so much about we're trying to be religious people, you know, as far as that demon of religion, because as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing wrong with being religious. But when you believe, when it turns into self-righteousness, that's another thing. And I think that when you teach holiness, you automatically come off as self-righteous. It's all, oh, now I'm wrong. <laughs> Everybody in the church wrong. You write about everything, whatever. <laughs> so um, it's good to talk about holiness. It's good to talk about it because we want people to actually have an answer. And that, didn't, that doesn't mean you're going to have a sermon. Doesn't mean that you're going to have a Bible study lesson. But when somebody asks you, you have an answer for the hope that you have, right? Why do you live this way? What makes you talk this way why don't you, why wouldn't you go to the movies with us to see that you know why do you live so differently now we need to be able to have an answer and so um it comes through conversation it actually comes through conversation you know conversation is really important and um when i think about jesus there was of course he was teaching and he was preaching and the bible is clear about that and it makes that distinction but also when he was sitting with sinners and prostitutes and publicans he was conversing with them. And I'm sure those were some of the deepest. What about when he came back, right? After the um, after his resurrection and he spoke with uh, two, two disciples and they sat down and they didn't recognize him. And he was, um, they were, he's saying, what are y'all talking about? And they're like, where have you been? You don't know what's going on, you know? <laughs> and so then they start telling him um, about himself, essentially, right? <laughs> and he sits down and he has this conversation with them. And then he like disappears. And they're like, did your heart not burn while he was yet speaking with us? You know, <laughs> just those good scripture-based spirit-led conversations. And so that is the heart of Apostolic Integrity Radio, to have some good scripture-based conversations, which cause our hearts to burn. <laughs> they make us, I love when I, um, 
when I'm listening to a sermon or um, something that just makes me say, oh my God, I need to go into prayer. I need to open up my understanding. Some, I love when things ignite my desire to study the word of God or to get closer to God. And um, prayerfully, this apostolic integrity um, radio will do that for every person who listens to it. And I was thinking about this and I'm like, I hope that it opens up dialogue between other people. So whoever is listening to us, you know, they can say, I need to share this and we need to talk about this. I wonder how so-and-so would feel about this, you know? So um, I pray that it has that effect and I pray that we get back to integrity. So um, Jakia, you and I, we were talking, um, you, your, you, your husband and I, we were talking um, maybe like a couple of weeks ago or something like that, um, having a meeting and you said something that really struck me and it was absolutely a revelation um, from the spirit of the Lord. And I want you to talk about that because that particular topic plays into integrity in the utmost way. Like you can't have integrity without that. And so um, you, you were telling me that you were reading in scripture and I will let you take it from here. <laughs> so, yeah, I was reading in the book of Matthew and my whole basis, I, I mean, I grew up in the church. So my, I, I learned some things that were tradition to me that were taught to me. And so now where I am right now, the Holy Spirit has me going back and reading for myself his word. And I began to read um, in the book of Matthew chapter 13, and it was talking about the mustard seed. And I'm reading and I'm like, okay, I've heard this before, but to get the true understanding of it, I had to do a little digging. So the Lord began to have me go back over and reread um, Matthew chapter 13. And so as I went over, I read the parable of the, of the mustard seed. And I know many people have actually heard it or read it. And he said, well, no, I want you to understand what this means. And me and the, where I was, I was like, well, I got to understand it. I, I can read it plain and clear. This is what this <laughs> means. And uh, he was like, uh, no. So I went and I, you know, began to get my little study in together. And he had me look up the, the characteristic of a mustard seed. And so I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I know a mustard seed is small. I've heard sermons where the mustard seed is so small. It's like one of the smallest plant or seeds or whatever. And I went and looked it up and I said, oh, my goodness. Here we go. And I learned that when you plant a mustard seed, it basically invades the space of where it's planted um, to where nothing else really can grow there. And it actually becomes one of the largest herbal plants to where it looks like an actual tree. It's not really a tree, but it looks like one. And so he said, okay, now you have that. Now go back and read it again. I go back and read it again. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't understand what was really going on and it became clear. So he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. First things first, uh, understanding the Hebrew way the, the Bible is written. 
the people of that time understood that that was against Torah. That was not something that you're supposed to do. And I said, wow, well, why would the man plant the mustard seed in a field? Well, he know he ain't supposed to plant the mustard seed in the field. He said, keep reading. And he said, when it's full grown, it's larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree. So let the birds of the air come in and nest in its branches. And the Lord began to say, this is why people of my children need to understand the Bible, understand what it means to read the Bible, understand what it means to study the Bible. Because for the longest time, people are saying, oh, the kingdom of heaven is like, and you're not getting a full understanding of what that means. It's saying God is coming to invade the space of the enemy to where when he comes in, nothing else is going to be able to grow there. And, and the birds of the air are like equivalent to the children, his children. And I said, man, that makes a whole big difference than what I was actually taught, how I was actually taught. And I said, this is what people need to do. They, this is what people need. People need teachers, preachers, Jesus. pastors. Someone to break this thing down to where they get the truth and stop taking the word and, and applying it to their traditions and to their, how they were taught. Um, I had to learn that the Bible it is backed up in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Okay. The way that they understood how Jesus taught is from a different way of living than how we live. The things that even in the parables, like how Jesus talked in parables all the time, they understood that they understood what he was saying. They understood what was going on um, because of the laws and traditions that they had growing up. But we read that and we'd be like, oh, OK, it's a little seed. It grows up to be a big tree and some birds. But what does that mean? What What is what is symbolic to all of these things? And. I had to sit down and talk with my husband and I was like, we, I had, now I'm on a hunt. Now I'm going through, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going through and I'm about to debunk so many of the things that were taught to me. Yes, Lord. Um, because it's not how it's supposed to be. And that's my biggest takeaway um, in this whole walk with Christ now. I'm like, Lord, now it's me and you. Okay. I'm not really pulling on pastor, what the pastor said, what the apostle said. I'm like, you know, because there's so many people that don't even understand themselves what they're teaching. They're just taking what they have got from their pastor, from their mentor, from their covering, and they've taken it and put it into their own sermon and deliver it to the people. And it's kind of like, you know, Wolves be getting wolves, not to say they understand that they're a wolf, but you're taking something that's not ha that's not true in its original meaning and you're giving it to a people and you have large congregations that are eating this thing up. And it's really destroying them from the inside. So that's why I, when I see number large congregations, numbers don't mean a lot anymore. Jesus, what's the, what's say that. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to go there, but what's important is the message. And if the messenger doesn't understand the message, then you're messing up the congregation. You're messing up his children. Jesus, 
so that was like that little piece that little right there I was like okay so now let's go to some other little things that was taught to me um when two or three are gathered in his name I said Lord I want I want it all broken down I said I'm, and and I'm continuing my journey I don't have it all <laughs> yet but I said I'm gonna take it as I can digest it I'm gonna move and keep on moving along I said because now I am on like I said I'm on the hunt I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> My Lord, what are you saying? Yes. What are you doing? When we had this conversation, you said something that was, it it really resonated with me. You Mm -hmm. said, that's why there's no power in the church. Can you, can you, can you dig, can you, can you, can we go there? (laughs) Can we please go there? When, when you don't have a full grip on the word of God, the word of God itself is power. The word in and of itself is power. Jesus was the word. He was walking around. He was power. He, I mean, it's in there. He can walk into a place and people, demons are screaming out. He's walking by uh, uh, the gatherings and, and demons are saying, hey, what are you doing? Same time. <laughs> I mean, there was power just in his presence. And so him being the word, uh, now we're trying to take this word and use his word. Um, but what what's where there's a disconnect is he had power with his. There's no power now. So you have people flocking to the church for deliverance. You have people flocking to the church for healing. You have people flocking to the church for just... Um, being delivered of oppression and stuff, things going on, but they can't get free. Why? And why is that? Because the lack of power, the lack of, you know, you can you can preach a good sermon, but when the prayer line comes up, what what are you doing? And that's my that's my that's my problem. That's that's where I kind of I pause. And I'm and I'm kind of at a standstill with just the church. And I, I mean, not the entire church, because there are many ones who are walking in truth. But I have my issue with, you know, just the ones who lack that power. And I don't know exactly <laughs> what I feel. Because we, when we talk, it's kind of like you go to the mountaintop and you... <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was deep. That was deep. And I think that there is a lack of universal power within the church where it's scattered and it's supposed to be universal. Power to us is not supposed to be mystical, is not supposed to be surprising. What we see in scripture is what is supposed to happen. And I remember um when I really first got saved and first got into the word, you know, within that, like that first year of my real salvation, I I was reading the Bible and I'm like, okay, but when I go to church, we come in, they pray for like five minutes, maybe 10, um, probably not 10 minutes though. Um, then somebody comes and we say old Testament scripture and a new Testament scripture. And then the praise and worship team sings three songs 
maybe if the church has a choir, the choir may sing a selection. It depends if it's Women's Sunday, Children Youth Sunday, you know, it depends. Senior Sunday, what type of choir may come up there and sing. It depends. And then we may, depending on how Bishop feels that morning, have a sermonic solo. Somebody may sing a song before he gets up there and preach. And then he preaches. And when he gets to a certain point, they start playing the music and then people get to hollering, right? And we get to clapping. And then after that, we really just close out. Sometimes if he really feels an anointing, he may pray for people. Um, They do the altar call to see if anybody wants to come up and receive the Lord. If there's a guest speaker, then, you know, it's usually it goes on a little longer, you know. But for the most part, I'm like, I can clockwork these services. And there was this unpredictable nature about the church to where, listen, we may end up raising the dead when we gather together. You know, we come together. Communion is not just first Sunday. It's we remember his body every time we're together. I can't get started on communion right now because my tongue is going to start going. So I can't do it. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I got it. I got to really slide past communion. (laughs) Well, hopefully, prayerfully in Jesus name. You know what? Let me go past. Let me go past. Um. Can't even think. What was I saying? So the church had this unpredictable nature where miracles, signs, wonder, all those things could break forth at any moment. I mean, baptism just was going on and on and on and on. And I don't want this podcast to ever come across as like a bashing session about um, the current church, because first of all, we grew up in church and those seeds which were planted in us in those churches is the reason why. We even felt drawn back to Christ in our adulthood. So I don't have an issue with the church, but I do think it's important for us to point out when things are possibly not right and when things possibly need to be changed. And I think that there's so much division within the church that we can't come together and say, listen, brethren, this is wrong. That's not right. This is right. We need to come together on this, though. You know, we need to be able to come together and have those types of conversations. And so that's what, um, you know, that's what this is. But when the when the when the Bible church, when the scriptural church got together, which should be our outline, um, you know, and to show us what God expects from his people, there was always power. There was I mean, think about what happened with Philip the evangelist. I mean, the Bible just says that he was in one place and then was translated to the next. And it wasn't even like that was so they didn't even make a big. He was like, OK, I'm here. Come on. You need to do you need do you need me to help you understand uh, the book of Isaiah? OK, come on. Let me get you. Let's get baptized. I'm out now. I'm over here now. You know, like it, just, <laughs> it was like it was so amazing. And I feel I feel like an enemy has crept in and sown some tears. I feel like men have crept in unawares because that's the only logical explanation for why the only source of true and pure power on earth is very rarely seen as that. Right. When people want something powerful, when people think about Simon the sorcerer, he's a sorcerer. So that means he has his spell books. He's done his um, magic. He's done whatever with crystals, whatever they do. 
And when he saw the power of the Holy Spirit, he's like, okay, I want that. <laughs> How much does that cost? <laughs> I need that power. You know, that's the church. That's the church. That's the church. And scripture, you didn't see them trying to break down no type of demonology. You didn't see them trying to break down witches and covens. None of, they had so much power uh, that they didn't have to go through that. Oh, no, no. The witches, they about to come with us. We about to baptize them and get them filled with the Holy Ghost. We ain't got to worry about no covens in this city. This city is ours because we walk in the power. power. Yes, hallelujah. And so I, I, when you say that, there's, there's not a real understanding uh, universally about this word. And that's why there's no power. Because if you don't really understand the word, then that means you really haven't gotten a good grasp on Jesus yet. Right. And so if you haven't really caught on to him, how are you going to catch on to what he's saying and what his heart is and what he wants right now in this season and his power? Um, it is. It's so important that um, we are rightly dividing the word. You know, it's good that we rely on the spirit of God and we're supposed to. But the spirit of God also says study to show thyself to prove. And one of those things that happened to me within like that first year of my, sal my real salvation, let me say it like that. <laughs> it's not like I had been in church already, but um, you know, those first couple of years, I'm like, okay, why do I keep hearing the same sermon preached everywhere that I, like, I get it. And I remember I started praying when the Lord um, separated me for, for that time from um, the a traditional assembly. And for those three years, he told me to leave my job, leave my church. And I stayed no money in Brooklyn, studying the word of God and praying. And I was asking the Lord, where was the fresh revelation of scripture? That's what I wanted. I'm like, I keep hearing the same thing over. I've heard the same sermon from Good Hope Pentecostal Church to that church, to that, to the churches, you know, whatever church I was a member of. Like, I've heard it in the Kojic church. I've heard it in that church. I've heard the same sermon over and over. And it, it's, it's, it may have been um, by a different vessel, been a different delivery, but the revelation was the same. And the, when we need to understand that revelation is a spirit and that spirit of revelation is burning before the throne of God and it needs to be resting upon his people. Knowledge, wisdom, counsel, all of those things needs to be resting upon his people, revelation included. And so revelation is so powerful because it brings, it ushers in that power. Okay. That new understanding of God's word um, ushers in that, that, that power. So how does the revelation you had about the mustard seed, how does that play into faith? Because remember he said, well, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be, be removed, be thou removed. So how does that play into the believer and their faith and what they're able, because we decree a lot of things, but actually being able to see our decrees materialize and manifest. How does that play into that? So when so that being a different parable, my, my whole thing with the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, again, you look at what a, how a mustard seed, the characteristics of the mustard seed. And so as I'm, 
understanding what it is to be a mustard seed, I'm, I'm like, my faith will move a mountain because when the mustard seed comes in, it begins to move everything else out of the way. And so now I'm like, Lord, as I'm taking this all in, it helps me to grow and develop my own faith. Take some steps to do what I never thought I could do, would do, should do. And so that's my, I mean, just the understanding in and of itself helps me to build just off of that. It helps me to continue in my journey. I don't know if that answered your question fully, but. So under, so real understanding of God's word builds faith. Can we, is that okay? That's, that's exactly what that does. Okay. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense because we need that also um, within the body of Christ. And in that parable, when it says that the birds come and they lodge in the branches of that tree, what does that, what does that mean? It was saying, as I understood it, the birds are the children of God. So when, when, when God comes in, he's invading the space of the enemy in that space. Okay. Now he expands. That's the kingdom of heaven is going to evade the space. Is going you you ain't gonna be able to stop what God is doing. The enemy, I'm saying I'm saying you. The enemy is not going to be able to stop what God is doing. When when that seed is planted, it's happening, and the children of God are going to be able to find rest in that in that tree. Is he's that's where we're going to be in the kingdom in and of itself. So that's my understanding of um the mustard seed as it invades the space of the enemy. So, yeah, go ahead. I found myself in Matthew 13, um, like a little while later, after we had that conversation, and then it wasn't intentional or anything like that, just in my own private reading. Honestly, I'm just putting one and one together to make two that it's in the same chapter, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But what's so interesting about scripture is that. We get it broken into chapters and scriptures and, um, and you know, verses, but it's one complete conversation. And right. we can see God is actually like continue, continuing a point. It's like right. making right. a point. Yeah. <laughs> about um, about this the this topic, you. basically, with his children, with the word, how it's um, planted and um territory so he starts off in chapter 13 well let me just say this this is what resonated with me and it really brought what you said about having real understanding about the word of God it really brought it um, home for me in um, Matthew 13 and um, I'll start at verse 18 and Jesus says hear ye therefore the parable of the sower when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Wow. So for me, the reason why that's a wow moment is because the only way a person is not going to understand the word being delivered to them is not really being delivered to them in a way where they can understand it. So that brings it to the messenger. That brings it to the teacher. That brings it to the orator. 
Are you really able to deliver this word with understanding so that the people who are listening can actually absorb it and it can be powerful in their life? Because if they don't have understanding, whatever word you just gave, Satan has that legal spiritual right to come and snatch it away like they didn't even hear anything just because it wasn't delivered the right way. And there um, in another place where this parable is, I have written down. Um, in my Bible that, so the, this really rests on the teachers, the, because if I don't understand something and I'm being taught it, then that means my teacher is not delivering the information to me in a way where I can understand it. So if I'm in school and there's a new formula that the math teacher is trying to teach, if I don't get it, then he's not teaching it right, or he needs to teach it in a way that helps me to understand it. Bring it to me in a way where I can understand. So the ministry of Jesus was so universally impactful that they were even saying, let, the ch let him touch the children. He said, let the children come to me. Rich people were able to understand him. Poor people were able to understand him. Religious leaders were able to understand him. Sinners were able to understand him. Everybody was able to understand when Jesus spoke. And he had this way of delivering the word with understanding by the spirit. So if he was in a town, um, you know, a fit where there was a, like a fishing town and he would speak parables about fishing. Like he knew how to speak to people in a way where they can understand. And um, when we don't get the word of God in a way that we can understand it, then the enemy comes and he snatches that away. And I think that is um, one reason why if we can see Satan trying to get his hand into various areas of God's people, he would get it and he would put his hands on the way we are able to divide the word and the way we are able to deliver the word. Are we actually delivering this word so that people can understand it? Are we spending time with the spirit of God? Does the spirit of revelation rest upon us? Can we actually show forth that we have studied to show ourselves approves in this word? Um, Man. What does integrity, Jakia, what does integrity to the word of God, how does that look? How does integrity to the word of God look for the church? And tell me how that looks to the church for the church and how that will look to the world. When I think of integrity, it's like, you know, we all hear the saying, doing doing what's right, even when nobody else is paying attention. My thing is, when I look at integrity for the church, it's following his word, even if it, it, it makes us feel uncomfortable, even if it takes us out of our own comfort zone. Integrity is showing, okay, I'm committed to this word. What are you saying? Let me get the truth and then let me follow this truth. And when you do that, you're going to be different. You're going to look different to the world. You're going to act different to the world. Because right now we're blending in. We look just like the world. We as a body are looking just like the world. And that's because we don't have any integrity. We're not upholding ourselves to the standards and to what Jesus Christ himself was saying for us to do and, to, and how to be. I mean, we really, it's like you're blending in. So that's how I feel having integrity for the Bible. I mean, I can, I can read something and if it convicts me, then right there, 
I'm responsible for what I've just read and I have to change. I have to let that work sink in and begin to change me. And that's me, you know, having integrity to the word itself. And that's what I believe all leaders, all anyone who is saying they're a child of God, that you having that integrity to the word of God, you will create change is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Jesus was different. Everybody knew he was different. Amen. He, he didn't have to have on no cape and say, I'm Superman. I'm here to save the day. <laughs> no, he didn't have to. They knew something about him was different. I mean, you I mean, you pulling 5,000 plus people, sermon on them, um, coming from everywhere to hear you. No microphone. They feel a touch from you. So, and that's just with you speaking. My thing is that right there tells me there was something different. And it was the word exuding itself from him. It was the word that transformed. It was like he he, he was something else. Thank he, you, he Jesus. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> He wasn't like them. It was something that could put a finger on it, but he was something other than what they are used to. So you got Pharisees, you got Sadducees, you got other Sodics around that's healing folks. But Jesus come on the scene, and and they crossing the rivers. Uh, oh, uh, they crossing the lakes. They they um pulling people on on us. Uh, <laughs> They're pulling people on cots and everything to, to get to this man. And you're telling me he was just like everybody else? You're telling me he was performing? He could sit. And, and, and my thing is people are like, well, oh, we're supposed to be all things to everybody. Well, guess what? Jesus, yes, he sat down and he talked with the tax collector. He talked with the prostitute. But even that don't mean that, he was out there a publican and prostituting, though. This is what people need right. to. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> right. But no, you are so Come right. On. I sit there and I'm like, you telling me you can hang out with your homies and and be in this environment? I said, but are you exuding that change? They didn't come to include him in their foolishness. They came to hear a difference. They came because it's just something different about this man. Jesus something different so is that supposed to be us but check this out what he says what this different one says the one who's pulling like you said five thousand plus we just talking about five thousand men not even talking about the elderly not talking about the women not talking about the children so that's and he said greater works shall you do greater works. I want to see the greater works. There's so much fill in that has, see, they think it's just me, but Jude said it too, though. (laughs) You know, like the apostles were talking about this. It's just that they don't really talk about it too much today, but we have Bible about this. You know, it's just like so much stuff that God has to kind of clean us up from over and over again every single Sunday when we gather in church that we can't even get to the power stuff yet because he still has to teach us about faith. It's like what um, the writer of Hebrew was talking about. He's like, when you should be on me, 
<laughs> we I still got to give you milk. We are literally we're supposed to be eating, chewing, grilling, cooking. And we still need milk. We still have to hear the same stuff over and over because we just don't actually get it. And we still think, listen, we still think we have to beg God to be God. God, please come, please. Help. God is like, I'm everywhere all the time. Y'all just not connected to me. <laughs> God, please heal. He's like, but I said by my stripes, you were healed a long time ago. You're just not connected Dang to it. me. We Dang have it. to be connected to the source of the power. You know what I'm saying? And 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 one thing that the church is not doing, we're not looking at ourselves and saying, "What, what should I be doing different so that God can actually show up in the fullness?" Because one thing that I've realized about the Lord is that He is who He is, and He does not change, and He loves being who He is. And at the at the you're gonna pray and you're gonna fast. Oh, you're gonna start having visions, visitations. He's gonna start Dang revealing it. things to you. <laughs> it's not nothing that you. It's nothing that you have to beg for. You do not have to beg God to be God. You do not have to beg God for the supernatural. If you're seated in heavenly places, if you're seated in the supernatural, He says, "Walk in the Spirit." If you're walking in the supernatural, then mm. why do you have to beg for revival? I'm like, aren't we the revival? Isn't that the whole point? That he got up and now through us, this whole world is supposed to be getting up. Isn't that the point? I thought we were the revival. I thought that was the church. So how are we begging God to bring the church? Basically, that's essentially what we're saying when we're asking God, God, please give us revival. Give us revival. What are you talking about? No, you need to take a seat and think. Why did the power stop? Because I'm still God and the church is still here. So now take a look around. And instead of pointing fingers at everybody else, let's just start with ourselves. That's true. What can I be doing differently? <laughs> God, how can I be pressing in? God, you did say that if your people who were called, you took it to by your name, and we have been called in the name of Jesus. We need to humble ourselves. And he said, if his people humble ourselves, that means we're prideful. Uh, if we would turn from our wicked ways, that's repentance turning uh -huh. and, and acknowledging that you're doing some things that are not right. Some things are just not right. I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I said, you know, there are so many things that New Testament clearly abolishes dietary law. I'm sorry. He says the kingdom of heaven is not in meat and drink. It's in, come on. I always get that. The, the next part twisted. Come on. Somebody help me out. Let's go here. Let me <laughs> help me. Somebody. We go on a roll. <laughs> Real quick. Here we go. It's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Romans. I know where to find it in the Bible. Can I say the right. second part the right way? I cannot. <laughs> One day, Jesus, I will. <laughs> One day, I'm, I'm getting that, Lord. That's right. Romans 14 completely abolishes the dietary law. Bible tells us Jesus is our high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That whole Levitical priesthood, the Levitical law, Jesus abolished it. He says, I'm the high priest after the order of the one who came before the Levitical priesthood, Melchizedek. That's over. I'm your priest now. You're coming to me. Judicial law, Sermon on the Mount completely dissolve that he's like you heard it said before an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but i'm telling you love them bless them 
pray for them. This is a new way. But one thing he did not change was his morals. Some things are just right and some things are just not. And we don't want to admit that God has a standard. But if we're going to say and agree that God is holy, then we have to say and agree that he has a standard because holiness is all about a separation, consecration, uniqueness, different standard. He's not just willy nilly everywhere, all over the place. Ephesians, I got to take it here. I got to take it here. I got to take it here. Ephesians 5 and 5, where it says, for this ye know, this is an apostle. So this is apostolic stuff here, right? That's what that's supposed to be. This is apostolic doctrine, okay? Because this is an apostle to, okay. This is something he was delivering, not to the church then, not just to the church at Ephesus. This word is for the church. Right, period. Period, thank you. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person. Let's stop right there. I don't even need to go. And as a matter of fact, let me tell you what's going to happen. You know what? I'll read it all. Nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And then we can also go to the book of Revelation where it tells us that the unclean are outside of the gates. Now, what we don't want, (laughs) what we don't want to admit is that there's still an unclean before God. We can go to 2 Corinthians and see that. He's like, no, no, no. Touch not the unclean thing, church. Then I'll be your God. Then you'll be my sons and my daughters. When you stop touching what's unclean, and I think the one thing we don't want to do is admit that some of this stuff is filthy. God did not change his morals. He didn't change his morals. I can't say you're going to hell if you eat shrimp. I can't tell you that, honestly. I can't tell you that because that's not what the Bible says. I cannot tell you that you're going to hell if you mix your garments. I can't tell you that. The, the fabric. I can't tell you that that's, that makes you righteous. But I can say that if you lie with an animal, you probably, you probably on the wrong path, my brother or sister. That's morals. God addresses it two times in the Old Testament, but they, oh no, all that's about is no honey. Let's study to show ourselves approved. Let's really get into this word. So what I'm getting at is that there are some things that will always be wrong. Doesn't matter whether we like it or not. Some things are just wrong now. Still, when he said, don't sell your children as um, sex slaves and sell them into slavery, you can't do that. That wasn't a Levitical law. That wasn't a dietary law. That wasn't a judicial law. That was just morally wrong. You still can't do it. You still can't do it. You still can't cheat on your spouse. You still can't do that. A woman still can't wear what pertains to a man and a man still cannot wear what pertains to a woman. You still, some things are just morally wrong. We think that we've brought this word evolve and we've placed it on the Godhead like he is um, a part of Darwin's theory. God is not evolving. The church is compromising. God is not evolving. He's not changing with (laughs) y'all. He's not changing with y'all. He's holy. That means he's not going to change. He is who he is. (laughs) That's just it. 
You got to come up to where he is. And that's what he's been trying to do. He's been trying to bring us up. But we just keep trying to stay down here and then looking around and crying out for revival over and over and over and over. And God says, I already told you in Luke 10 and 19 that I've given you all power over mm. everything that Satan would try to ever do. I already told you that. Jesus. But we still running around trying to figure out where the power is. Anyhow. Why, why? Why we can't be delivered? Why we can't be set free? Why we still dealing with strongholds? Why? Why? <laughs> why are we still sick? Why are we still dealing with? Mm. I mean, I think we don't understand how deep it is when we talk about the things that we should not do and the things we should not watch. I, I we don't understand how deep that goes. Um, I was thinking over and over and over about someone who told me that, you know, they watched a lot of Harry Potter. And so I told them, listen, treat it like a spirit. Okay. Cast it out. Then they told me the next day that when they cast it out, they threw up blood. Do you hear me? Uh -huh. This is so people think, oh, it's not that serious. It's just a movie. Y'all so religious, but no, 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 honey. You just opened up your whole spirit when you, you just came into agreement with a whole movie about witchcraft. We need deliverance. And I think there's so many ways just trying to um, not in the not in a sense rationalize, but bring understanding to the fact that this world, um, like um, the Bible says, this whole world lieth in wickedness. It says, I believe in um, first John, this whole world lies in wickedness. And when we grow up, we are taught that it's OK to dabble in the world. We're not we're not taught the difference um, between the clean and the unclean anymore. We're not taught that we're supposed to live a standard. There's some things that's just not right. And there's some things that, all right, we're not taught. So we do, we end up watching Harry Potter. We end up watching, come on here, New Jack City, depending on how old you are, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> depending on, we grow up with those things, with tales from the hood. And so we're watching those things growing up. Ren and Stimpy, The Simpsons. All of this filth that we're actually letting into ourselves, coming into agreement with spiritually. And we don't understand when we're walking around with a spirit of fear or a spirit of perversion or a spirit of lust. You know what I'm saying? A spirit of addiction. We don't let alone the stuff that we're going to inherit generationally because our family don't know nothing about real deliverance. That part. So um, it's a lot that we do deal with. And it goes back to having real teachers who will really tell the truth. And really get us delivered. I love when I think about how Paul, the young lady, had a spirit of divination. He wasn't trying to push her out of the congregation. He wasn't trying to, you know, talk. He wasn't, he didn't stand up and like give indirect sermons about her and all that stuff. When he got tired, first of all, he didn't even care that she followed him. When he got tired of hearing her in that wrong spirit, he didn't turn around and rebuke her. <laughs> he didn't, did, um, excommunicate her from the congregation or kick her out. He cast the demon out and kept on walking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Peter knew good and well that Simon was a sorcerer. You know what I'm saying? These things, they, it's like, you're not about to turn me. You're not about to stop this message. You're not about to dilute nothing. <laughs> I'm going to cast that demon out before that. I'm going to rebuke you. You're not going to be able to do nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? We need, we just need... <laughs> We need that. We need teachers and we need our apostles and our bishops because I respect the fivefold ministry. I respect what God has implemented in this earth to set order in this earth and to bring us closer to him so that we can measure up 
to the stature of Jesus Christ. Um, we just need to know, we need to be taught how serious some of the things we've been involved in are and how much we really need to be separating from those things um, so that we can be holy because that's what God wants. He wants us to be holy, not just in spirit. He wants us to be holy in spirit and in body. And it's very clear in his word because he says it in his word, both spirit and body. The way you keep your body matters. The way you keep yourself spiritually, it matters. Glory to the name of the Lord. Um, you got anything else? Let me know. I do want to ask you this. <laughs> mm -hmm. What does apostolic integrity mean to you? For those who, when I think of apostolic, I'm thinking of the basic, I'm breaking all the way down, the apostles, the ones who are sent out to um, start these, start these ministries and um, these churches who are going about preaching. Um, I, have, I have a question. Do you, do you, and in between that question, <laughs> do you see real apostles today? In the essence of setting up churches, I have seen that. Yes. <laughs> All right. You can keep answering the question the first um, time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I think of apostles, the integrity of, I think of the word, the integrity of an apostle. That's how I'm breaking it down in my mind. This is how I look at apostolic integrity. Um, yeah. So, Am I seeing apostolic integrity? I can't say 110% yet. I believe people are, have good intentions, they good hearts, but what that means to me is you're upholding the, the, the position of an apostle. You're following through with what you're commissioned to do. And... Um, it's hard to say that I, I see that. And it shouldn't be hard to see. It shouldn't be hard to say, oh, yeah, you know. But it's very, it's very difficult to say as I look around, oh, yeah, there are plenty of apostles who are upholding the word and upholding truth in its, rare, in its, in its um, most purest form. I don't see it. I see, like you said, I see um, people compromising. I hear people who don't have a full understanding of the word itself. I see large congregations, but I don't see no power. Um, and I'm just at a, a loss for words, uh, to be honest. So, yeah. Now, since we're on the top and then it just came to me, how do you feel our father, the one who's put, put this church in place, gave us his spirit, gave us the, this amazing word. How do you feel that, now I'm not talking about the state of the apostles in the church and everything today, but how, what place do you feel that the ministry of the apostles has within the heart of God? Because I don't think we ever think about that. Like he gave us some apostles, like <laughs> this is a gift, you know? How do you feel, how do you, what do you feel that God feels about the ministry of the apostles and what he wants them to do. I think it's a very, very important position. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's 
the found part partly the foundation of the body of Christ in a sense. Um, because you build off of that. When I think of Paul and what he did in his mission as he went about to the different um, cities, Ephesus, Galatia, I'm looking at go. He he set some things up in place, and from there they grew. From there, the word began to be spread about even more, and so just the the position of an apostle is very important. I believe God knew. I mean, of course, God knew what He was doing. He knew what what He was saying when I say I'm sending out apostles. I need y'all to to basically set up, set it up. You're going to have pastors that's going to keep it going. You're going to have um, prophets. You're going to have all, I mean, everybody's place is important. But an apostle, that's a, that's a, that's a heavy one for someone to carry. And if you're not um, worthy of the calling, then you shouldn't be calling yourself an apostle. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you shouldn't be walking around saying you're an apostle and I feel like I mean you know <laughs> God made it very clear and he gave us a very very strong example Peter Paul he gave us very strong examples of what an, an apostle is supposed to be Jesus you know what <laughs> that just hit me real hard <laughs> He really did. Just, I mean, saying those names, like, yeah, that God gave us that as those people, as examples. This is what an apostle is. This is who an apostle is. This is the integrity, the passion, the commitment of an apostle. Look at this. Look at these people. Look at, listen to what they've written to the church. Listen to the heart they have. Listen to the love they have for the church. Listen to how prayerful they are. Making mention of you always in my prayers. He said it so much. I'm like, he praying for all them churches like that. <laughs> you know he was. Right. It's, it's, it's really, that's, that's really deep. That he, it's not just that we see these apostles doing it. These, this is the example. God says, this is who an apostle is. If you are an apostle, then you walk in this way, that you're willing to lose your life, that you have unwavering integrity, that you have enough power to be bit by a poisonous snake and not die and not be poisoned and enough integrity and humility that when people try to treat you like you're a God, you, you run away from them. And say, no, no, no. Let me tell you about God. You know, um, that endurance, that is really deep. That is really deep. That is really deep. Um, this was an amazing conversation. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, and I pray that everyone listening has enjoyed this conversation. Jakia, do you have anything that you want to say in closing? Um, I think just for those who may be confused, just keep stay in prayer and just be aware um, of what Christ himself said. You know, look for the fruit. Every Everyone who's walking around holding the Bible 
um, doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that what they're saying is true. Look for the fruit, and that's what I have. Amen. Help us, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God didn't say look for whether or not the prophecy was accurate, even though we want it to be. He didn't say that. He didn't say that was the indication that we're dealing with false prophets or whatever. He said, look for the fruit. Look for the fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. Amen. 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 Because there's a lot of accurate prophecy out there, but I just don't see the fruit. You know, that's all I'm saying. I'm just going to stop because I think we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think I do. I feel like we're done. I really do. All right. Father, in Jesus name, we love you so much. We thank you for this conversation. We believe you were in the midst of this conversation. We pray that this conversation has opened the hearts and the minds of your people to seek you and to just search your word for what your will is for your church. Lord, we pray that we all feel empowered to be the church and to be integral to scripture. And that God, if we walk in a certain calling, that we would walk worthy of that calling in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us all to be integral to the standard that you've given to us. And Jakia, can you also just pray some? And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this station. Lord God, we just pray for the listeners. We pray for that good ground, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that they take it, Lord God, not as a debate, but Lord God, just as dialogue where we can talk and grow and, and, and be able to have these conversations, Lord God. We just thank you again for Sister Tiffany. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for just for the ministry in and of itself. Lord, bless each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. So everyone listening, we love you. We thank you for listening. And we pray that you have a blessed day. God bless you until we meet again for some more fresh air. Bye.